Hi there guys and welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking all about what causes chronic back pain and give you guys some tips on how you can get rid of it towards the end of the live stream. As always, if you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. Hopefully you're going to find these videos uh, really, really helpful and packed full of content. We go live every single weekday and today is no different. We're going to be doing Q&A at the end of the live stream. Lara's the other side of the camera, so she'll be reading out your questions and comments as, as the live stream uh, draws to a close. And with that being said, let's get into today's topic on chronic back pain so I wanted to start this off by just pointing out anyone can injure their back whether they're the healthiest athlete whether they're a healthy average person or whether they're someone who uh, does all the things on the side here um, everyone can injure their back but why do sometimes these back injuries become chronic? And why do other times they resolve seemingly in a, in a fine way? We all know people that have had back pain or maybe we, we have back pain ourselves that's chronic. And we know someone else has had what seems to be a worse injury and they are back to sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're back to doing all the things that they love and why has it not happened to you? So hopefully in this live stream, you'll start to understand a little bit more about the things that contribute to back pain becoming chronic. Uh, and by chronic, we're talking about back pain persisting beyond sort of uh, the 12 week period. And it's also worth bearing in mind we may well go through periods of not having back pain. So maybe we yeah, we have a flare-up and then it goes away and then it comes back, the flare-up. And, and I personally, from our clinical experience, would still classify that as a chronic issue because it's the same thing that keeps coming up and up again. And it's obviously not healing properly and we're not addressing the underlying causes of those sorts of issues. So sometimes people get caught out and they say, oh, well, I had this episode a year ago or six weeks ago or six months ago. And uh, and yeah, it was fine and now it's back again. And this is a new a new thing. Um, and invariably, it's not a new thing. It's just a re-injury of the old thing that didn't heal properly. It managed to stabilize a little bit, but the healing process, the natural proper healing process hasn't really taken place. So first one, how do we injure our back? I'll just cover this briefly. Many of you guys that tune into the live streams will kind of know this, but if you knew, this kind of is just a little bit of a, a refresher uh, in terms of what, uh, what the lower back does. Now, we've got the spine here. The main role of this uh, section of your back is to uh, sort of weight bear and load bear. It's there to provide a solid base of support that can be mobile at times. And the way in which it fails is through either repetitive stress, so maybe we're sitting badly over long periods of time, or maybe we're carrying lots of things with poor form, or uh, it can be a one-off instance. And to give you guys a sort of a guidance for this, the overwhelming majority of cases of back pain that we have in the clinic, maybe there's some sort of trauma they've had in the past, but in a lot of cases, it's built up over series of assault, repetitive stress and strain, the same way the water on the rock face will lead to weathering over a long period of time. That continual assault on the lower back without the appropriate support mechanisms is what invariably causes it to go. So that's the first thing. Why then when it goes, does it not heal properly? And that's why we've got a little drawing on the back of the board here or on the front the board rather this here this three strips is a way 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 too simplified version of your injury but essentially when that lower back has been compressed for whatever reason and a lot of people with back pain feel like they are being compressed the load of gravity through the day or immediately when they straighten themselves up in the morning starts to become too much for those structures to bear and then the pain comes on 
I said, sometimes it can be as soon as you straighten yourself up in the morning, boom, it hurts. Or it can be you straighten yourself up during the day, but gradually, first thing, but then during the day, gravity starts to take its toll and things start to kick in in the afternoon. So it can vary from person to person. And part of that is due to the acuteness uh, of the injury or the, the type of the injury. And we don't really want to get too bogged down with that because fundamentally it's still a failure of the body to deal with that load bearing and it's exploiting that injury. But if we've got this injury here, I've just drawn that as we've got a strip of a tissue. Maybe this is a disc, maybe it's a ligament in the spine. For example, it could be, uh, let's just say it's the ligament that runs between uh, these two bony parts. And we've, we've lifted something and what's happened is as we've lifted, it's kind of gone like that a little bit and it's stressed that area out, okay? This is actually a perfect example. Um, so it could be any one of those ligaments, but we'll use that one uh, for, for the example. And we've got a tear. So now the ligament is a little bit loose. We've got a little bit of a, a rupture here. This is wobbly. It wasn't wobbly before, and we're getting a lot of pain. Maybe we've got some back pain. Maybe we've got some pain going down the leg, etc. Now, if we do the right things to result in good healing, we take pressure off the spine. We protect it for a little while. We do the appropriate icing, etc. We don't do movements that stretch it anymore. Then it's going to heal back up nice and tight, and then we're going to have good integrity to the spine again. Problem resolves effectively and then we're good, we're on our way. Now that may take a little bit of time. Ligaments, unfortunately, do take a good bit of time to return to their normal strength, but it'll tighten back up, and then it's a case of the body is laying down collagen tissue along these force lines so that it can restore its former strength, and that does take a good degree of months, uh, sometimes a little bit longer than that, depending on the severity of injury. That's the first thing. However, what frequently happens, and many of you guys will have I've done these exercises in the past, is people do things like knee hugs, so, or, 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 or spend ex excessive periods sat down during the day. And what the knee hugs are doing, are doing this. They're pulling it apart, pulling it apart, pulling it apart to create more space. But this ligament or these tissues that were supposed to provide integrity, they were supposed to shorten the gap between here and maintain that strong gap as they do through all of these joints up here and therefore allow it to work in a uniform way. Now we've got a weakness here and we're doing our little knee hugs to pull this round like so. And what we're doing is we're creating a stretch through here. Now the body will heal. You, if you're watching this and you've got chronic back pain, your body will be healing. It's just whether it's healing in a good way or in a bad way. And what happens here is that we get scar tissue forming because we're pulling the two sides of those wounds apart on a daily basis, remembering that these ligaments heal a lot more slowly than, uh, than, than muscle or soft tissue like the skin. Uh, which has got a very rich blood supply, it will heal very, very quickly. But if you're there, and I've used this example on previous videos we've done, if you're there with a cut on your surface of your skin, you're pulling the wound apart, it's not going to heal nicely and you're going to end up with a scar and unhealthy tissue, poor elastic quality, etc. And this happens. So it goes through the healing process. And now all of a sudden, the distance between those two attachment sites is now longer. So this one, instead of being nice, back nice and taut like this, so it can provide integrity through the spine. And in yesterday's live stream, when we were talking about hypermobility, we talked about integrity, those ligaments in and around the spine provide integrity to the spine, a degree of tension through the spine. Instead of having a nice uniform rate of tension through here again, we have this little weak one where it's a bit more wobbly. And people feel this instability. Maybe if you've got chronic back pain, you feel that there's a degree of instability in that section of the lower back because it's not healed properly. And this invariably is what's happening. Why does it grow chronic? What causes it to go chronic? 
in this particular example, we're talking about the incorrect exercises, not understanding properly the mechanisms of injury, not understanding what has been injured, and not understanding the implications of your physical exercises and how they are contributing to making this healing process take place like this instead of like this. So that's a really, really important one. And the fundamental principle of today's live stream is that chronic back pain or chronicity is about bad healing. It's not healed correctly. Now, I wanted to just take today's live streams a little opportunity to just talk about these little bits on the side here that you guys have probably read while I've been talking through this. Um, this it's overweight, it's smoking, it's inactive, inactivity, it's alcohol, it's, it's no muscle mass or no muscle control or ineffective muscle control, no flexibility, poor diet, bad movement habits. So we always bend like that as opposed to properly uh, down. Um, it's also the last one, bad hobbies. Now, if we take the example of something like gardening or we take, for example, something like uh, video games, both of which have problems and they're on opposite aspects of the activity spectrum, one could say. But you can do both of them well and you can do both of them badly. And in, and in this particular example, I'm talking about bad use of our body during those particular hobbies. Um, People often ask, or not often, but most people when they come into the clinic, if we say, hey, look, you know, uh, smoking is not ideal, it'd be better if we cut that down, or you say, do you know what, it's better to be a bit more active, or let's do the rehab. Uh, people say, yeah, no, I know, I've been trying to work on this, and I'm going to change it, and that's great. But every now and then we get someone who will say, do you know what, I've never worked out, and I've never had back pain, and it's only happened in the last year, so obviously that's nothing to do with it. Or they'll say, I've always been overweight, and I lost a bit of weight, and and, and now I have back pain and, and my weight's got nothing to do with it. Or the same thing with the diet, the same thing with flexibility, the same thing with activities in general. And, and the problem is with these approaches is that it's just pure coincidence. Anyone at any time could injure their back and anyone at any time could get away with having all of these things happening in their body at the same time, all of these uh, sort of bad factors happening at the same time and not be unfortunate enough to injure their back. And this is kind of this back end of this live stream before we get into Q&A, if you've got any questions, post them in the comments, is really kind of a little bit of a pep talk, just hope, just to implore you if you're watching this to try and be a little bit more healthy generally, especially when you don't have back pain and as you're starting to recover. Because when you do eventually injure yourself, the person that doesn't have all of these obstacles to overcome will heal very well. But if we're doing the right exercises, but we're overweight, we're inactive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we're going to really struggle to heal effectively. But if we are, um, do have an injury in our back and we're doing the correct exercises and as a little sort of, obviously you guys know about our back and shape program, it's the right, right exercises for these sorts of back issues. We're doing the right exercises and we're working to reduce our body mass and we're working to be more active on a daily basis and we're working to have a better diet, provide the fuel for our body to recover. We're going to find that things just start to work again. And sometimes if we've been bad in these uh, practices for decades, things aren't going to turn around in one day. We have to put things into perspective and realize how long we've been working against the mechanics of our body. But with time and identifying some of these things and changing them for the better, you'll find that your recovery from chronic back pain really starts to improve at quite a rate. The more of these things you check off, uh, the better you're going to do. So with that, we're going to Q&A. Okay, brilliant. Good morning, everybody. All right, so I'll just jump straight into uh, YouTube comments here. Yeah. Uh, Robin has asked, is there such thing as non-specific back pain? And if so, what is it? Um, yeah, that's kind of... Uh, I that, don't know whether he's been diagnosed with non-specific No, it is. It is. It's something... Um, you, they talk, we talked about it at university. Um, it basically means I don't really know why your back pain's there, but 
is back pain. Um, it's commonly going to be used by sort of, uh, I would say osteopaths, maybe chiropractors, but I'd say less so. Physios would probably use that as a diagnosis. Uh, it basically means we don't really know why your back pain's there. It's not got any specific characteristics that we can put, put a finger on. Um, and really back pain, it does have a degree of complexity, you know, to properly understand all the facets that come together to, to mean that your back pain hasn't recovered. It does require a little bit more of an explanation. Unfortunately, it's not like, um, I was going to think of an obvious one given what's going on at the moment, uh, but it's not like you've got a infection of some description and we can say, oh, yep, you've got this marker, you have back pain. It, it, it is generally, back pain is non-specific. There's a number of factors that result, that, 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 that maintain that chronicity. As I've discussed, anyone can injure a disc, can injure a facet, et cetera. But when it doesn't recover, that's when they start to move towards these sorts of diagnoses of, of, of that. And it's more some, general, isn't it? Yeah. It's just a general answer because you can't really, and people often come to us for a diagnosis in the clinic and they say, I want to diagnose a line. And their problem doesn't fit on one line. It, it, one line doesn't do the, the, it doesn't help you understand the problem. And when we try and work to a one line diagnosis, we, we just ignore numerous other things. And that's where non-specific back pain kind of comes in as a, well, we'll just do that line. Instead of giving you the paragraph and explanation of why this back pain is there, we'll do that one line non-specific back pain, uh, non-specific lower back pain. Right. Hopefully but that helps. Just, just to sort of unpack that a little bit more, you should be able to, um, like actually diagnose why somebody has a back pain problem I mean, in the clinic we yeah. use imaging yeah so um, we use imaging to help so provide that explanation exactly, so you've got that diagnosis yeah. but that diagnosis might be a paragraph it might be a, okay well we we've clearly injured the uh the, the you know the l5s1 disc um but we've got a substantially reduced curve we have a degree of spondylosis around this section of the spine and you have no muscle mass and you can't move your legs past you know there before it kicks into your lumbar spine movement so all of those things feed into the sort of the diagnostic process um and unless you're tr tr sort of talking about tissue causing symptoms yes and then that's very easy to do yes um i hope that helps uh, robin yeah. your practitioner should hopefully be a little bit be able to be a little they bit should be able to unpack that. that statement in terms of that might be the thing they've written on your ex you know on your um on, on your on your documents if you will but they should be able to unpack that statement uh, he, for he, does, you. he does have another question. He says, is yeah, sure. there a way to stop spasm happening? Yeah, stop injuring it. Stop injuring it. So spasm in the lower back, this is, this is a common one that's misdiagnosed. People will diagnose muscle spasm as being the cause of the problem. Um, if you are repeatedly injuring your back because we don't quite maybe understand what's going on in that lower back, um, then you are going to continually be at the mercy of these spasms because you're going to be you're going to be injuring said structure down here. You maybe you you bent down or maybe you just sat down and you squash that bit of disc. It creates a little bit more of a tear around here, creates a little bit of inflammation that immediately sets off a chain of reactions that then goes into your back and goes boom, protect me. And that's where you get that spasm. Sometimes it will spasm in the leg, depending on what exact area we are injuring here. Um, but the best way to do is, is heal properly. If you heal properly, you will stop re-injuring the back during seemingly um, innocuous activities, and then you will stop getting the muscle spasm. Okay. Definitely great. try some get some icing on that on that lower back. But if, you know, have a look at our back in shape program because that will start to guide you doing the right things. And so many people that go through there that we then either see in the clinical through virtual consultations or in the Facebook group just say to us, "Hey, I was doing all of these things wrong, and I didn't know." And yes. I've done them wrong for years. Yeah, sorry, that's a good point. We never, we never really like uh, touch on the back and shape program and actively tell people to go and sign up. So, Robin, it is completely free for for the phase one. The yeah. link is in the description. Okay, right. Moving on. Um, 
Mansi just said, sadly, um, I can only garden for a maximum of one hour. I guess that's never gonna improve now. I have to limit it um, and I have an acre of garden to mow. Um, I'll do it over a couple of days. I don't see any, any other way of doing it. An acre sounds like a lot. Yeah. To mow in one day, yeah. thanks. Um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think with time and with improvements in strength, we can make some change there. Uh, and we can we can improve that. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be all in one go though. I mean, we could go out, do a bit of work for 45 minutes, have a little bit of a lunch break, uh, go and have a tea, something like that. And then and then, and then then crack on and do a little bit more. We don't want to push things that just right now, Mandy, um, if it's who I'm thinking of. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, that's something for the future. There's no reason you can't do more. It's just that we have to slowly build up. What often happens is we, we we go out in the garden, it's lovely weather, we go for three hours straight and then all of a sudden we're in trouble rather than going for, we usually do one hour and then we do one hour 10 and we do one hour 10 for a couple of weeks and then we do one hour 20 because gardening's hard work. It is hard work. And if I was doing, if I was doing a run, so recently I've been doing uh, doing runs around here. I started off doing 10 minutes and over the, over the last, what, three months during lockdown, I've got up to doing a 20 minute run. Right, just to give you guys an idea, and I'm generally pretty healthy, but I know that the impact of running is very, very different for me. So going and, and increasing slowly. And I've increased slowly over an extended period of time. Going from one hour, and then what happens is people just have a, a random day where they just are out in, out in the garden for three or four hours, rather than going from one hour, increasing it by 10%, uh, which is a bit weirdly analytical, but it makes sense when you do it like that, because you're just doubling your level of activity on one random day is going to give you a kickback. And mentally, that really knocks you back. It makes you feel like, oh man, I can't do it. I can't do it. Whereas if we slowly started doing one hour 10 for a couple of weeks, and then we did one hour 20 for a couple of weeks, then soon we'd build up that strength and that ability and all of the soft tissues would start to adapt slowly around that slow increase in activity rather than overcooking it in one day and then having a relapse. So something worth bearing in mind for the long term, um, it is a, strain, a physically strenuous activity yeah. and, and you wouldn't think of doing a, you know, doubling your run distance or tripling your run distance yeah. um, and, and not suffering the consequences. I think you're right. I think sometimes it's more the mental. You almost want to be a bit of an eager beaver and kind of prove to yourself that you can, yeah. but that's probably not the right thing to be doing. Yeah. It, it needs to be really slow, gradual. Percentage um, improvements. Think about the percentage improvement. When you're about to do something different, think about the percentage improvement above and beyond the norm. Okay, brilliant. Um, Alex Vesco said, I sympathize with Mandy. I've got the same problem. He also goes on to ask, uh, does a report of ligament thickening on an MRI imply serial uh, ligamentous injury? Will surgical removal of the ligament overgrowth destabilize the vertebra? Um, first, the first part of that question, does it display ligament injury? Yes. Um, that is kind of, if, if you've got, not that everyone has these, but if you've, if you've ever had any scars on your skin or know anyone that has, it thickens up. It, it, it forms nasty tissue. Well, Go you on. can talk about on the, on the x-rays that we see, sometimes you'll see the calcification of the aorta and that is a thickening sort of lay down, isn't it? Uh, yeah, similar, but maybe not necessarily due to stress, um, due to stress on the tissues. But from a ligament point of view, um, if we know that we've got a shear there, there's going to be going to be constant stress on that ligament. So that is going to create the hypertrophy. I'm not necessarily sure because I know the, a little bit of inf additional information about, about Alex, uh, whether removing that excess ligament is necessarily the best approach because that is going to create more uh, strain or more uh, disruption in an area that has probably been for a long period of time trying its best to just figure out how on earth it can heal effectively. Disrupting that area to that degree may not necessarily be the best. And if there's any sort of that movement going on, 
it's going to potentially um, lead to just the same the same result because there's already a failure there from from a point of view of thinking of spondylolisthesis and those sorts of things. So I'd say it's probably less advisable in that particular scenario. Okay. In um, my in my opinion, you know that that's that's my thoughts. Okay, I, I will move on to Facebook very shortly. Um, just lastly, Alex Sparks said so ligaments never heal back to their original strength, do they? Yes. Yeah. No, they do. Okay. They do. Uh, and, and anyone that's suffered with, with shoulder injuries or, or other ankle sprains, etc., will recover. The problem is, and this is the big problem, and it does apply to a certain degree to lower back pain. I've often in live streams and in the videos compared an ankle sprain to a lower back injury, is that lower back injuries can be, just like ankles, I suppose, can be so debilitating to your quality of life and what you're able to do on a daily basis that as soon as you can do those things again, you stop doing your rehab. And the remodeling process is, if you look at, for example, a leg, you've broken your leg, you put it in a cast, you might put it in a cast for six, 12 weeks, maybe a little bit longer. The leg pain stops long before that. And if you didn't have that cast on, you would probably be out doing all sorts of bits and pieces with your friends again, doing what you want to do. But the cast explicitly stops you from doing those things because you have a big silly boot on your leg. With the lower back and with with other ligament strains, you will start to feel better long before the recovery and the proper remodeling of those ligaments has taken place. So people just stop doing the rehab or people jump in too high. A lot of the more active people will then, as soon as they start feeling, okay, I've got no pain again, uh, they will then ramp up the training dramatically. We won't adhere to these small percentage and incremental increases in our activity over a slow period of time. So we don't allow that slow adaptive process to take place. It's more a fact that people just don't keep up with the rehab for long enough. That's the big one, Alex. And, it, and it's, it's, it's really frustrating because if you just keep up with it for an extended period of time, your body will invariably be so much stronger. You see that in, in athletes that have um, almost militant uh, sort of descending control on their rehab process. No, you're not going back to, to sport until you've been through this protocol because we know this injury takes this long to recover and the remodeling process is, 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 is like so. So they might have a whole season out or 50%, or, 60% or of a season where they're not allowed to go back to normal levels of sport. We don't tend to have that descending control on us from an external uh, when, we, when we're talking about back pain. Okay, brilliant. I'm just going to quickly jump over to Facebook now, although I see more questions coming in on the YouTube, so I'll go back. Um, Kate, really good to hear from you. I was actually talking to, to, talking to Mike about you the other yeah. day because we hadn't seen you um, online for a little while. So Kate has said she's had a bad relapse with uh, the back pain this week following a choking fit, which I bent oh, forward, yeah, I yes, that. the wrong way. Yeah. It's been really hard to get back from this. Um, even putting the towel on, uh, under my back is really painful the first uh, few, few days now. Spasm uh, going, um, but the left glutes are really stiff and painful. Is it okay to keep pushing through with the exercises regardless of the discomfort? Uh, definitely the phase one, really just go back to technique, make sure we're doing the technique correctly. Uh, the, the phase one technique that is the towel, as, as you've already said, will get a little bit easier. That's fine. We're doing the icing. Maybe we're, we're knocking the icing up a little bit compared to usual. And then slowly, slowly, maybe at about 50%, dabble every other day perhaps um rather than consistently in the phase two at about 50 percent of what you were doing before just to try those exercises just gently with impeccable technique that's why i say 50 percent of what you're doing before the, the the important thing to note is as you've gone through as you go through phase two you are not going back to square one which is good uh we can't unfortunately help these things uh, you know with the choking thing if you're going forwards like that it, it, it's just involuntary it's just it's just bad luck on that front but you will not be going back to square one if you've been doing the phase one i imagine that's correct that's great 
if it's getting easier on the towel, that's a really good sign. Things will calm down and just slowly feed back in your phase two. But I probably suggest do it once every other day just to start with. That that would be really helpful. Yeah, I hope that helps, Kate. Yeah. Um, do let us know if you need anything yeah, else. Yeah, please do. Um, right. So uh, Ollie has has asked here. How does the how do the exercises um, allow a chronic in, uh, injury to heal properly? Uh, they they get you out of the way. Um, the exercises are there well for twofold. Number one, the early exercises like what's Kate Kate's doing uh, are decreasing that stress and strain. So the, one of the fundamental principles of the, the the phase one in back in shape is that we want to make the hips nice and flexible. Kate's mentioned the glutes are tightening up. Well, her glutes tightening up is involuntary because of what's 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 happened down here. But they are meaning that when when we're bending, we're putting pressure through the spine instead of bending from the hips as much, which helps unload the spine. So by doing those phase one exercises, we're starting to get a little more flexibility in the hips. We're getting a brace to protect the spine from further injury. And then we're also doing that decompression towel exercise to unload the gravity effect on this section of the spine. The phase two exercises and the more sort of the, the more longer term rehabilitation exercises are there to teach you to be able to brace and control this spine, this section of the spine, so it doesn't move when you're doing other activities in spite of it being pulled in a different direction. So if I hold this nice and steady and I wiggle this all over the shop, nothing's happening to this part here. Just like Kate, it's just coincidental that Kate, we brought up Kate's question before this question. If we, if we, if we, if this is all braced and we, and we were, for example, were to sneeze, nothing's happening down here because nothing's moved, so we can't injure it. But if we do it incorrectly and it's involuntary and it catches us out off guard, um, everything goes forwards. That's when we strain it. So by going through those phase two and phase three exercises and doing our rehab for the long term, we're learning to brace our spine so that the muscles can take the strain and protect us. The hips, the mobile hips can do most of the movement because they're strong enough and flexible enough and that way we can pre preserve our, lo our lower back and get us out the way so that the appropriate healing can take place rather than us re-injuring things on a daily basis so that is sort of really where the re the exercise is there you're not some sometimes people get given exercises like cat camel and other things and those are just wiggling this even more they're just moving this around even more and that i, I just don't think that's sensible you'd never do that to a leg you wouldn't take a broken leg and start grabbing it at the pivot and wiggling it like that like it's just just common sense yeah <laughs> okay right um karen has asked uh if you do the right exercises, but you don't address those lifestyle changes, will you still get better? I suppose I'd reply to that and a little bit tongue in cheek here. If you were trying to lose weight, eating meat and salad, and every evening you had a nice big chocolate cake, would you lose the weight? No. You have to address these sorts of issues. The, the weight issues, the flexibility issues, the muscle issues, those are part of it. Those are things we can give you real guidance on. But the other issues that are around just general health activity, etc., are things that you will need to address. Um, it will improve your recovery. Can you get away with being a little bit overweight and, 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 having, and having no back pain and recovering fine? Yes, you can. Yeah. Loads of people do. Loads of patients, we get them in the clinic that get away with it. But why are we looking to get away with bad things well, what's what's the upside? I want to get away with, you know, continuing these habits that are not good for me. Don't try and get away with them. Change what you can and and, and yeah, proceed think, that I way. Think, I think those lifestyle factors. You're looking to prime your body to get into the uh, for for it, for it to be able to heal um, as most effectively as possible. Life, as life, quickly as possible. Life is a lot easier when you don't have, you know, bad health. Yeah. 
and therefore doing things that objectively help your bad health and making a little tick, spending a little bit of time to adjust these things is so important. If you need more help, if you, especially if you're in the back in shape and you want other tips on things like the diet and that sort of stuff, then please do comment in, in, in there or in here and we can always give guidance because a lot of times people don't know what to do, which is a fair a fair answer. And then obviously we can, we can help you guys out more on these live streams or in other videos. Okay, brilliant. Um, Joe's got one here. He said, if you have disc degeneration, can this improve? Or uh, once it is, uh, or is it degenerated forever? Um, with 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 regards to disc degeneration, it is likely that you can stabilize it, so it's not a problem from a point of view of uh, giving you symptoms on a daily basis. But once it has gone through a certain level of degeneration, i.e., uh, for example, the discs have become so dehydrated they've dropped uh, in significant uh, significantly in height, you can't put the stuff back in there. The way in which our discs um, are, are, are structured is that. We have, uh, if I just rub that out, we've got the disc here and we've got in here, and you've got some specific molecules in here that hold on to water, proteoglycan molecules. They like water, they hold the water so they keep the height. When we have a certain degree of degeneration, these molecules remo are removed from the disc essentially, and therefore there's less of them, so you can't, you, you just can't hold on to the, onto it. So it's a case of, you know, arresting that process as quickly as possible. Um, this is really common at sort of L5S1 and L45. Can you get that integrity of the disc back? No, you can't. You can't. You can't put the molecules back in. What you can do is get appropriate healing through these ligaments on the side to stop the process worsening, and then your body will stabilize around it, and the soft tissues will heal around it. The process of losing those isn't painful. Mm -hmm. It's the process of the, lig the 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 damage here that's painful. That's what gives you the pain, and that needs to heal. I guess the other thing with a chronic problem. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it will take time, right? When you're doing the rehab, it is. Well, ligaments. But if, if you've had yeah. the problem for, let's say, maybe uh, six months or a year or three years, it's going to take a long time with that rehab to actually get you better and less vulnerable. Well, a lot, a lot of it is get you less vulnerable. Yeah. Because the healing process will constantly be going through the same thing. But, but like I said earlier, get you out of the way. Um, you will have been contributing to that problem maybe through ineffective muscle control etc so the, the sooner you can get that muscle control back and that flexibility back and, and the correct movement patterns back the sooner your body can have in uninterrupted healing and the, the less likely you are vulnerable you are of these relapses so the person that hasn't been looking after say the physical control aspect the muscles they've been in sed sedentary for a long period of time and can't do some of these phase two exercises very effectively maybe they can only do one or two reps they've got a longer journey to go but as they go through that journey on the phase two, for example, they're going to provide more stability and therefore decrease the likelihood of silly, silly activities flaring things up. Yeah. Okay, awesome. I think there was one last um, one last comment here just about the ligaments that we were talking about on yep. the YouTube. Alex Sparks says, uh, thanks, that sounds helpful, uh, hopeful. Um, I've, I've heard that ligaments repair with scar tissue, uh, which is a weaker structure. Uh, that's, only, that's, that's, only that's only if they're bad. That's only if they're that's only if they're not healing properly. Quite often they do heal with scar tissue, but if this, basically what happens is you dump in scar tissue or scab tissue, and then it's broken down and remodeled over a period of time. The same way you have essentially scar tissue laid down on a surface scab. It's just a lot of stuff is just dumped in that area, and then it's reorganized through the natural breakdown and relaying of the of the useful tissue along force and stress lines. So we can heal nicely. It's just a case of whether or not we're causing re-injury, like this example here, so that the scar tissue doesn't get properly remodeled and restructured into healthy, elastic, or or, or correct tissue.
Okay, brilliant. Wonderful. Awesome. I think that is um, everything for yeah, today. Just on time as well. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for your questions. Really brilliant this morning. Yeah, that was good fun, guys. Thanks a lot for the questions. They always make it a little bit more interesting and hopefully more helpful for you guys. So uh, much appreciated uh, to everybody. Uh, that's pretty much it for today's live stream. If you are new to the channel, then please do consider subscribing. Hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. We go live every single weekday. And if you've got that notific notification bell hit, then you will get normally, I think YouTube sends you an email. I know my phone goes off here telling me of uh, we're, that we're going live um, <laughs> so so hit that notification bell. i know some guys uh, struggle sometimes to find the live streams but if you do hit that notification bell you will get sent a link from youtube i believe uh, so you'll be able to jump on and not miss out you have a question laura no i was just gonna say tomorrow the, uh, the topic for the live stream is how can you fix bad posture okay awesome i think that'll be a, a really interesting one yeah, uh, for a lot of people awesome well have a great afternoon guys hopefully you found today's live stream helpful and we will see you tomorrow with another live stream Thank you.